Blockchain and crypto are creating a unique intersection with the arts, which makes for many unique opportunities for authentic ownership. Notable bands and artists such as Kings of Leon, Grimes, and Banksy are actively advocating for the use of non-fungible tokens, also known as NFTs. What does that mean for consumers and fans of these artists? We'll discuss on this edition of In The Know. I'm Justin Domini. Instead of holding physical money to purchase your favorite artist's new album or art piece, digital NFTs will serve as a type of crypto asset, representing items like graphics, art pieces, tickets, and music, all while operating on a blockchain that is publicly accessible and secure for all users. What are some considerations for a safe sale between artist and consumer? Where else are we seeing NFTs emerge beyond artists? My colleague Stephanie Trefser recently sat down with Okiki Famotimi of KPMG's Crypto Asset Services Group, and here's that conversation. Thanks, Justin, and thank you, Okiki, for joining us this afternoon. So first and foremost, what are NFTs? Hey, Stephanie, glad to be here. The way that I think about an NFT, and to start off, NFT basically stands for a non-fungible token. So if you kind of look at your wallet, you might say have a bunch of dimes, nickels, quarters, or dollars, and all of those are fungible because you're able to, you know, give them to a cashier or spend them. But if you were to, say, have a credit card or even, say, a baseball card, those baseball cards are kind of different between one another. And you can think of NFTs basically in the same way, kind of like a digital playing card, a digital collectible, a digital art piece, things like that. Mm -hmm. And what kinds of patterns have you noticed given the current news landscape around blockchain and crypto entering such industries as the entertainment and the arts? One of the patterns that we've been noticing is that artists are able to be paid directly by the audience without having to worry about intermediaries. It's almost a sort of uh, permissionless commerce or trust-minimized commerce where you don't have to worry about a middleman or an intermediary taking a 10 to 30% cut in the case of some of these artworks in order to sell your art or in order to basically build a career making art. In addition to that, we've been noticing a sort of resurgence in the value placed on digital art because before NFTs, a lot of digital artists would be contractors. They would create this insanely complex rendered video and things like that presented to the client and then the client just wouldn't pay them. But the client would already have the deliverable and would effectively run off. But now with NFTs, you can present the work and the ownership is in a context where sure, everyone can see it, but owning the NFT reflects that special direct bond between the artist and the content creator and the owner of the NFT. So Past that, we're seeing a lot of interest in ways to basically flesh that out and further enhance that interplay between applied cryptography and the arts. And I guess this is a pretty good segue into the different avenues within sports and the kind of sports memorabilia that we're seeing enter NFTs. So do you think that's going to transform the fan versus artist or celebrity athlete dynamic? And how is this already happening? I think that this will definitely provide ways to improve that dynamic. One of the ways that we're seeing this is through NBA Top Shots. And NBA Top Shots is basically a platform built by Dapper Labs. They basically built their own blockchain 
And they're partnered with the NBA and they basically tokenize these special moments. You can buy a game-winning three-point shot from your favorite basketball player. And one of the things that we're noticing is that particularly during the season, while NBA Top Shots was in open beta, a number of players similar to like, you know, growing up when you were about to make a shot, you might shout Kobe. People are shouting Top Shot that, right? Or make that a moment, which mm-hmm. kind of shows that basically kind of um, closes and creates that feedback loop between the athlete, the talent, being able to create that moment that is valuable to their fans and then their fans being able to potentially show how much they care about the excellent work that the athlete is doing by purchasing the moment. And past that, we're seeing a lot of inbound interest from sports teams, specifically talking about NFTs as digital memorabilia and digital collectibles and figuring out ways to increase long-term fan engagement. So I definitely think that using NFTs to represent digital collectibles, digital memorabilia, and creating those special digital native content pieces that fans will love and cherish and keep for years to come. That's definitely here to stay, and we're definitely going to see a lot more of that moving forward. That's really interesting. Thank you for that perspective. So now, I guess, moving into the future of NFTs, from the last time we spoke, we were saying that the future of NFTs can be looked at from two different perspectives. We got the technical perspective and the social perspective. Would you mind elaborating on the differences between both of them when it comes to some of the forward-looking trends with NFTs? Definitely, yeah. So on the technical side, we're seeing a lot of refinement around best practices, around standards, because this is all open source technology. A lot of the early players basically want to make sure that the NFT is built in a way that it can outlive the creators, the coders who developed the standard, and have it exist on its own on the blockchain indefinitely. And a lot of the efforts are going towards making sure that the content stored on the NFT will always be available and won't be, say, hosted or stored in a way that could come down randomly. Also, we're seeing more development into the different kinds of interactivity. We're seeing interactive NFTs, and we're also seeing more ways to encode exclusive content into ownership of the NFT. And also looping that into interactivity and looping that into the longevity of this token, this asset living on the blockchain. From a social perspective, we're seeing a lot more awareness. I mean, there was the SNL skit with when the world is an NFT. And past Mm -hmm. that, I think that as artists and content creators begin to see, okay, how can I schedule a show now that everything's open? A lot of them that have either looked at NFTs or maybe sold NFTs might say, all right, anyone who has one of my NFTs will be able to have exclusive content. For instance, imagine going to the first concert that your favorite band was playing after quarantine. And they said, anybody who has an NFT gets to hang out with us backstage. And they get to hang out with us backstage before Mm -hmm. the backstage pass holders. So we're seeing the experimentation with use cases like that. And I think that Mm -hmm. over time, that social technical flywheel will continue to play where people build the features and the use cases on the technical side, they release them, and then the social dynamic around the NFT influences what new features are built and how they kind of refine and make sure that the original use cases and features are the best that they can be. Yeah, that makes total sense. 
And I guess from a local and federal government perspective, how are they currently regulating NFTs and what existing strategies are in place to manage the sale or purchase of any NFT? Good question. So the way that I've been seeing it, granted, NFTs can represent a lot of things. NFTs can represent art, they can represent collectibles, they can represent memorabilia. If somebody's really crafty, they can put a sort of legally binding contract or a sort of dividend or royalty payout. And from our understanding, that is very much regulated using the substance over form doctrine, right? The regulators will look at it and say, at the end of the day, this is an art piece, or at the end of the day, this is a royalty contract, and then regulate it accordingly. In terms of NFTs as it relates to art and collectibles, because a lot of the time people are using dollars or cryptocurrency, that will be kind of regulated by FinCEN, so typical AML, KYC regulations would apply there. If the NFT kind of does more exotic things like, you know, recurring payouts and things that look like capital assets, then the capital markets regulators will regulate that. But I think that a lot of the sort of regulatory questions can be answered by, what if we took this off the blockchain? What's happening here? How do we normally regulate this? So then from regulatory standard, a lot of these things are already answered in a sense, but it's really just kind of like looking past the digital side and figuring out what's functionally happening. Thank you. So what are the different tax implications for NFTs and how is the sale and purchase of them being managed? It's a really great question, especially important during tax season for a lot of individuals, myself included. But the way that I see the tax implications playing out for NFTs is very, very similar to how regulators would end up regulating this in that at the end of the day, substance over form, you focus on what is being sold and what is being purchased and how. So, of course, this varies depending on the jurisdiction, but in the States, if you were, say, an artist and you sold an artwork, then you would potentially be able to write off the expenses incurred as a result of creating the work as a deduction. For instance, supplies, et cetera, et cetera. So moving that over to crypto, since there are gas fees related to, say, moving funds or creating a smart contract or minting the NFT, you should be able to write off those expenses. If you were purchasing an NFT with cryptocurrency, then there would also be a sort of capital gains. So say I bought Ether at $50 and then I was able to use that same Ether in order to purchase an NFT, there would be a capital gain if the price Mm -hmm. of Ether had changed between when I'd initially purchased it and then when I used it to basically purchase the art. And on the other side, if I were the artist receiving Ethereum, me selling the Ethereum would potentially generate capital gains. Me using the Ethereum to purchase another artwork of, say, a friend or another artist whose work I really admire, that would also incur a capital gains tax or a potential loss, depending on the price of Ethereum. But yeah, the two big things would be, one, it does, of course, depend on the jurisdiction, but a lot of this ends up being what applies in the non-crypto context, plus capital gains related to crypto transactions, purchases with crypto or sales of crypto. Yeah, and that makes total sense. 
So moving on to our last question, how does the KPMG blockchain and crypto team view the future of NFTs and what does the ideal future state look like in the marketplace and beyond? The KPMG blockchain and crypto team views the future of NFTs as being one where artists and creators are able to continue interacting and engaging with their fan base, their audiences directly. And on top of that, they're able to integrate and basically bake in more immersive and interesting and captivating experiences over time. So for instance, if you were to buy an NFT of, say, your favorite sports team, and maybe this NFT represented season tickets or floor seats, and if that basketball team, for instance, were to partner with another sports team or maybe even another brand or another retailer, that NFT being able to give you exclusive access, exclusive content, maybe even perks. Say if a basketball team partnered with a retailer and then by going to that retailer, you were able to get special discounts because you own the NFT. That's the way that we're seeing the future of these use cases. That's a lot of what some of the inbound that we're getting from sports teams, from art clients and from musicians, but basically figuring out what you can do with the NFT and then creating an engaging, captivating experience for the fans and for the audience around what can be possible. And then from that, figuring out, okay, the fans and the audience, they want more. How can we augment the use cases that already exist to give the people what they want effectively? Thank you, Okiki, for joining me on the In The Know podcast this afternoon. Thanks, Steph. This was great. Likewise, and we'll hope to have you on the show again soon. To learn more about digital banking and KPMG's cryptocurrency practice, please contact Arun Ghosh at arungosh at kpmg.com. That's arungosh at kpmg.com. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on In The Know.